This episode is brought to you by Paycor, the HR and payroll software made for leaders. It's never been harder to recruit, hire, and engage workers. That's why HR leaders and frontline managers depend on Paycor for all things people management, from onboarding and performance reviews to compensation and benefits. Learn more at paycor.com slash leaders. Welcome to The Final Four is Not in the Schedule. I'm your host, Eric, alongside with expert analyst Rod. Thanks for joining us on the best MSU basketball podcast featuring an in-depth recruiting, game matchup, and post-game analysis. We dive deep to give you the best tools to enjoy the Spartans and impress your friends and family. Hey everybody, it's Eric alongside Rod. We're here to talk about Michigan State's 80-65 win at the Breslin Center on a late night on Tuesday as Michigan State returned to the court after the tragedy last week. Uh, before we begin, I just want to remind everyone that, yeah, I know there's a snowstorm coming and I had to drive through the beginnings of it maybe this tonight. Uh, fortunately, boy, I'm glad that tonight was game and not tomorrow night because it sounds like we're getting, at least on this end of the state, we're getting about nine inches of snow uh, and some freezing freezing rain and all kinds of nonsense. <laughs> but but actually, spring is actually close. <laughs> it's, it is coming. And that means it's going to be more rain and make sure your gutters are taken care of. And so I'm, so if you want to make sure that your gutters are in good condition, clean up the leaves, clean all the junk, make sure you don't have standing water. Maybe you need them actually replaced like I did. Please be sure to call Kurt Stoffer and his team over brothers that just do gutters. So he wanted to go into business of something that people don't you know specialize in, excel in. You kind of have fly by the night sort of operations. So he wanted to pick one that you know, it's reputable and they actually do high quality work. And so that's why he bought his franchise for brothers that just do gutters. They're a nationwide company. And anyway, if you're on the West side of the state in the Grand Rapids area, which spans all the way out to the lakeside, uh, all the way from like to Sagatuck and up North to Rockford out to Lowell, if that's your area and you need gutter work, or you maybe have some questions about it, maybe even just getting some, you know, leaf guards on your gutters because you're tired of cleaning them out, give Kurt a call. If you contact him, just mention Final Four, that you heard it here, and you'll get 10% off your quote. You can meet, reach him at kurtz.stauffer at brothersgutters.com. That's K-U-R-T dot S-T-A-U-F-F-E-R at brothersgutters.com. And there'll be a link to this, obviously, in the show notes and in the um, podcast player. So let's talk about this game. Michigan State scored 13 points in the first 12 and a half minutes of the game, maybe. And then went on a blistering pace from there, scoring 67 points in the last 27 minutes. Uh, a game that was a, a good Indiana team that is not as good on the road, obviously, but they looked pretty good. I mean, they, they were hitting threes and they, I mean, they shot the ball, ball well, uh, considering that Michigan State beat them by 15. But there were a number of things that was in Michigan State's favor. Obviously, as we've mentioned before, you know, they hit a lot of threes. And Tyson Walker really got them out of the doldrums early in that first half. And shot them. I mean, he was shooting from the logo, and he was. I mean, I think you know, Israel after game was joking that if you're, he was complaining because the only shot that Tyson missed was like a layup. <laughs> if he was inside thirty feet, he was too close. But he was really good for three pointers that first half, and then after that, things just started clicking. Uh, and then the defense on Trace Jackson Davis was really good. Um, it, you know, he got his nineteen points, but he wasn't dominant. He had seven turnovers. They really had him. Um, confused and at least made it difficult for him to get the ball out. And uh, anyway, I think they, it was a, it was a good game. It's after you, if you just ignore the first 12 minutes of the game, but even there you could say that Michigan state was able to keep in contact with Indiana not let Indiana get away with the game early on. And so, I mean, there are all kinds of things about this game that they did really well. So I'll just let you kind of start out, I guess, but with that, you know, brief little recap. Yeah, I, I think, I think Jay Billis had it nailed that a lot of the early offensive struggle was down to Michigan state, not playing with pace. Now, now normally when we talk about pace here, we're usually talking about transition going up and down the floor, but there's another way that that matters. And that's the pace at which you're running your half court offense. And we've talked about it different ways here at times this season, when Michigan state gets stagnant, when you start seeing a lot of dribble 
you don't have ball and man movement occurring at the pace that it needs to. And so Billis's point, it was a good one, was that because Michigan State wasn't playing with sufficient pace, it was easy for Indiana to guard them or easier mm-hmm. and because the ball's not moving side to side. Men are not moving with purpose and with aggression. And that led to a lot of the problems. Now you could say, well, they just weren't making shots. It's not that simple. And then sometimes you say, well, what changes it? You hope that what happens is guys just realize it and start to find themselves and, uh, and play with more of a purpose, play more insistent. They play more aggressively, mm-hmm. play faster. But sometimes you just need someone to kind of drag everybody else with them. And I think initially that someone was Tyson Walker. I mean, without a doubt, Tyson Walker, as you said, hit some shots that were pro (laughs) shots. They were, I mean, they just, and, and he's, this is something we know about him and we've talked about it from time to time over the last two years. He is a guy who is fully capable of putting the offense on his back for a while and going and getting his own offense. And you saw that evidenced, especially in that first half run where Michigan State needed somebody to kickstart them. And he was that guy. And then I think the guy that followed him up was Jackson Kohler. Jackson Kohler had a really good game. I mean, you are seeing the progress that he's making at both ends. He is much more confident offensively. He is. I'm not saying he's going to remind anybody of Xavier Tillman or Antonio Smith anytime (laughs) soon, but we are seeing him make strides defensively. You know, he, he had to, it was basically a two man show at the center tonight because Carson Cooper, um, sprained his ankle. They don't seem to think it was serious. It happened in practice. Uh, he landed on Mati Sissoko's foot. Apparently, um, he didn't play tonight. Doesn't sound to me like it's a long-term thing. And the way they were sounding, I might even expect him to play this weekend in Iowa City. But um, for tonight, it was basically going to be those two guys and going, and getting a very, very tough assignment against the guy who's he's no worse than the second best player in the Big Ten <laughs> yeah. this year. And over the last three weeks, I think he's been the best in Trace Jackson Davis. And Jackson Kohler held his own. The job he did rebounding, the job this entire team did, coming off a re- really two perform- – the Ohio State game gets kind of lost in the shuffle because of everything that's happened. But it was the one thing MSU didn't do well right. in that game in Columbus. I think they gave up 12 mm-hmm. offensive boards to Ohio state and then Michigan, of course, tattooed them in Ann Arbor. So they really needed this kind of effort, but Jackson Kohler was a big part of that, especially the job he did in the first half. And he got them a couple buckets held up defensively and was a force on the board. So those two guys, I think were really, really important and got MSU going. And then when that happened, then you saw everybody else kick in. You saw A.J. Hogard. Really, I mean, A.J. was not good to begin the game, but over those last 26 and change that you talked about, A.J. Hogard was yeah, fantastic. He was really good, yeah. I thought he was great tonight. The way he ran things, the way he balanced looking for his own offense and finishing plays, drawing contact, and, and balanced that with finding others. For baskets, you know, they got good contributions out of uh, Malik Hall and Joey Hauser. Madi Sissoko, I thought, played a really good game defensively and on the boards. He showed up some of the plays he made defensively, that shot block. <laughs> and then yeah. there was another play where the game was still um, still at a point where IU maybe was starting to see some momentum. I think it might have been a break, right? A seven point yeah. spread. Yes. IU was in transition and Trace Jackson Davis was alone under the basket and body busted his ass to deflect that pass out of bounds and prevent a dunk. 
a small moment, but it was big. He had the other play where it, it didn't end up resulting in Michigan State possession, but it was one of those moments where if that it, that dive on the floor from yeah. the loose ball, if that had happened in front of Izzo, he would have given him a hug. <laughs> yeah, I know it. Um, so Mahdi really showed up. Jaden Akins, you know, didn't have a huge scoring game, but he hit a couple threes. I thought played a good floor game. And then they got, you know, Trey Holloman had played a limited role, but I, he did score three points, made a three point play. And, um, I thought, uh, I thought was solid in his time out there. So it seems to me like maybe he's getting past that little slump that he was in where he wasn't quite as effective in terms of running the offense and defending. He seems to be back now, or at least heading that direction. So really did. I mean, just about everybody, the only guy really did do, you know, make a a solid contribution was, uh, Pierre Brooks and he barely played. So, you know, this was really a team win, but I think if, if you want to look at the two guys who were really responsible for dragging Michigan state out of the mud, it was Tyson Walker and Jackson. Yep, Kohler. No question. I mean, Kohler had five offensive rebounds. That's crazy out of the out of 10 for Michigan state. Hey, you know, and, and this is a guy, there were people that were honestly claiming that he was the worst rebounding big as I ever had. I don't know what they were watching. I mean, any and as statistically, it wasn't the case. I could cite multiple guys, but you you're starting to see lately how he can be effective. And it's, it's his, for lack of a better term, I honestly think it's a similar thing to what makes him an effective player offensively. It's his understanding, his intuitive basketball IQ he, you know, man to man, he can't match Trace Jackson Davis at this point. You can, you know, he's not as strong. Yeah, right. He's not, but yeah, I mean, physically, right. especially, but, you know, Billis kept talking about it during the broadcast about how effectively both Mahdi and Jackson, but I think especially Jackson were doing a good job with their lower body kind of wedging trace into positions where he was a little too far under the rim. And they weren't, <laughs> and that's a subtle thing that if you could do that effectively, it can make up for the fact that you're not seven foot one, you're not, you know, 270 pounds of muscle and you don't jump through the roof, you know, all of which apply to Jackson. It, it's playing a smart brand of basketball. And he really did that tonight. So I was, I was very impressed with the job he did, you know, and you, and you talk about rebounding, which we'll, we'll come back to in the keys, but man, MSU limited IU to five offensive rebounds and had 10 themselves. So doubled them up. And, you know, I, I will say this. I thought that that was one area of the, and I don't want to take anything away from the job that Michigan state did, but I do think you know, we talked about it in the preview. Maybe IU a little bit tired, Trace Jackson Davis mm-hmm. in particular. Maybe not the full reservoir. Now, now look, a team on their home floor kind of kicking your ass can take a lot of energy away from you as well. But I didn't think he or the team play. If you remember that game in Bloomington, Indiana just right yeah. from the jump was physical, energized, you know, again, some of that can be explained by home versus road, but I do think maybe, you know, they're the tread on the tires is starting to get a little bit thin right at this point in the season for them. And for him in particular, because he's had to play so many minutes. I mean, they sat him for the final two minutes of this one, but other than that, I mean, I, I didn't look at what his 35 minutes. minutes were. They had to be really high 35 and he sat the last like two and change. So truthfully, he played just about the yep. whole game. I mean, they barely sat him. There was one stretch where I remember they went with uh, Malik Renault at the center. And that was it. Other than that, it was TJD all the time. And so it's easy to understand why his gas tank might be get a little bit depleted. And you could make an argument that that was a factor in the rebounding. Now it it didn't, they didn't look like a tired team shooting (laughs) the ball because they actually shot really well. Um, 
defensively, I thought they, you know, they tried to compete. It's just Michigan state was just, once they got humming, it just didn't stop. Um, and I don't just mean the three point shooting, although that was a huge part of it. I just mean in general, the ball and, and body started moving the way you want to see it. And boy, it, it, <laughs> it made a difference, but, um, I do think, again, the rebounding was one area where I thought maybe IU was just not quite at their usual energy level. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I feel like in many ways, I don't want to compare Jackson Kohler to Tom Skithier, but I think in, in some ways just that the uh, sort of the instinctive instinctive knowledge of where to be on the shots for rebounds or for um, even to get entry pass and things like that. He definitely has that. You can, you can certainly see it. We talked about before that, you know, he's got that. You know, he's played a lot of basketball and he has a, he has a look to score. Uh, you know, I, th- I thought when it was really stark and I even sent you a message in the game, the, when Jack, when, yeah. um, uh, Hood Shafino left the game with the second foul, second foul with about six minutes ago, that's when, I mean, everything turned around. It was partly Michigan State was hitting shots for sure. And even though they had Galloway trying to guard Walker, it didn't matter. Cause you know, he's like 30 feet out from the, the hoop, but, um, offensively, Indiana just couldn't get anything. They just looked just out of sorts. I mean, they scored a couple times, but they really didn't do much of anything yeah. when he left. And when he came back, you know, in the second half, he scored a little bit, but then Michigan State shot the lights out. They hit what five, the first five threes or something. The first five possessions was, was nuts. And that game was kind of over at that point. Um, so it was, it was a really stark contrast. I was surprised at how poor Indiana looked without Hood Shafino in there. And, you know, that's where you're going to, the, the, the uh, Xavier Johnson people say, well, you know, if you had Xavier Johnson, he could have been in there and it would have been better than Galloway. But, you know, I guess you, you like you said, we're, we talked about it, but it was, it was impressive how much it changed things. And I was impressed at how Michigan State attacked it so well. Yeah, I think that, uh, I've talked about this for a while. Guard play to me is the limiter for IU in terms of their March ambitions, they're a good team. And you saw that tonight. I mean, I didn't think they played badly. Michigan state was just better, uh, kind of similar in some ways, the the mirror image of the game Bloomington, where I didn't think MSU was bad. I just thought Indiana was really, really good that Mm -hmm. day. Uh, hood Shafino actually tonight was really good when he was on the floor. You know, it's kind of this one-on, one-off sort of thing, which I talked about in the preview. Well, tonight was an on game for him when he was on the court. Now, he didn't do much in terms of creating for teammates. He only had one assist, but uh, he made some tough shots, which he's been very capable of doing this whole year. You know, a six-seven guy who can go get his own shot, that's a tough cover because he's got the size to elevate over most anybody who's going to be likely guarding mm-hmm. him. And, and get a clean look, you know, even if you're quote unquote contesting it. And, and so he's done that all year long. He did that tonight and you're right. They looked very different with him running the show versus when they had to go to Galloway. Um, you know, the Xavier Johnson thing, again, it's going to be really interesting to me because they're running. The other thing is they're I thought he was going to be back by now. They're kind of running out of time. Um, they've got what I think three they've games. got four big, three games, yeah. three big 10 games left. And then the big 10 tournament, that's not a lot of time to reacclimate them. So you would think at a minimum, what that means is even if he came back the next game, he's probably not going to be stepping into a large role, yeah. but you never know. Um, I, I know this when hood Shafino is good, Indiana is good. Mm-hmm generally speaking, and I wouldn't want to be screwing with that too much. Now, the problem comes in what happens when he's not good, right? Because that does happen too. And you did see tonight. They don't really have a lot of answers right now besides him. You're also correct in saying that. I think the reactions of some people will be, well, Xavier Johnson at least gives you the potential for an answer on those days. Yeah, he does. And if he's willing to accept being used in that kind of role and being a limited usage guy that maybe it can work, but yeah, you know, that, that all remains to be seen. Um, yeah, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, I think Huchifino was really good. I thought Galloway, despite not doing a great job getting the offense humming, 
did play a pretty good game. Yeah, he was three for five for you three. You know, overall. Yeah. yeah. And he was he was okay defensively. I mean, as you said, nobody was stopping Tyson Walker tonight, but um he had some moments defensively. I, I think to me, honestly, when I look at what Michigan State's defense and Indiana's offense did that was key in this game, here's the biggest number to me. Thirteen. That's the number of shots from the floor Trace Jackson Davis yeah. had. Um, he got up 20 in the game in Bloomington and he shot a boatload of free throws in this game. He was three for six Mm -hmm. at the line. You know, you're used to him because he's so his motor is so high. You're used to him creating a lot of free throw opportunities for himself. He draws a lot of fouls, creates a lot of contact. Michigan state didn't follow him very much tonight at the same time limited the number of opportunities he had to get shots. And I thought it was really, really effective the way they elected to play him. I mean, we can talk about that more when we get into the keys, but um, early on you saw some, some hard doubling coming from the four and there was a play early on, maybe in the first five minutes or so where uh, race Thompson just kind of put himself right under the rim, got a pass from trace and, and dunked Mm -hmm. it. Um, the, the hard doubling stopped soon after that. And instead Michigan state used very judicious digs from the perimeter to disrupt him, to make it tough on him to ever get into a rhythm. And yet they never really lost too much contact with IU shooters, Yep, not to the point like they did in, in Bloomington at times, um, I thought that was the key, though. If you manage, you limit that guy to 13 shots from the floor and six free throw attempts, you've done a job. You have done a defensive job. And I really, you know, that's why Indiana's shooting numbers look look pretty good in this game. So you might be tempted to think, well, MSU did, didn't do very much defensively. But I say not the case. Yeah. You got to look a little deeper. The one guy who can put them on his shoulders, on his back, and just drag them to the finish line. MSU did not let him do that. By the way, it's worth mentioning, I'm assuming that ESPN stats were correct on this. He had had four straight games of 20 and 10 or more. Mm-hmm. Double doubles. It's the first time in 25 years anybody in the Big Ten's done that. He ended up with, what do you have, 19 and 7 tonight? Yep. So he had a good game. Yeah. You know, you don't look at it and say, well, it was a disaster other than the turnovers. But he didn't do that, and he's been doing those kind of things lately. So that tells me Michigan State did the job. They did as much as you could have ever asked them to do. No question. In dealing with that kid because he's just – and you saw it at times in this game for as well as Michigan State played him, there would be moments, there would be certain possessions where there was just nothing you could do with He's him. good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's really, really good, and it's a credit to him that he has continued to progress and is playing his best basketball as, as a senior and um, has just gotten better in every phase of the game. One other thing I thought was interesting, because this is a guy who's averaging three block shots a game. He didn't have any tonight. IU as a team blocks a lot of shots. They had one race. Thompson got the one block. Um, Michigan State only had one as well. Mati Sissoko with that volleyball spike. You know, that was awesome. <laughs> could have right, could have drilled that through the earth, Earth's core if that had, if we didn't have a hardwood floor. But um, yeah, it, it, Indiana really does rely on shot blocking as a defensive weapon. I mean, they're very good at it, and, and TJD is among the best there are. And for whatever reason. They didn't get that done tonight. Uh, I think some of that was the way Michigan State attacked them. You know, they when they when they did penetrate, they went very strong for the most part. There wasn't a lot of this, you know, half fading away or yeah. uncertainty. It was hard takes to the rim. That's part of why they shot so many free throws because they were aggressive mm-hmm. and. You know, it just worked out. It was a great game. Yeah, there were there were a number of times when Walker and AJ got under the poop, and you're like, well, I guess I could try and get through that, but they didn't bother trying to to challenge TJD. 
Um, right. But, uh, they, you know, got it back out to reset the offense. That was part of the problem in the first few, you know, first 12 minutes of the game. They were kind of getting getting penetration, but not able, not anything that was productive. But to that, right, po- exactly. to that point, though, is what is impressive is that they continued doing that working inside the whole game. I mean, they ended up with 26 paints, uh, points in the paint to Indiana's 30. You would not expect a fairly even right. number there. And, you know, to all the people who say, well, it's five on four, you know, you know, you look at numbers, Sissoko has two, Kohler has four. It's not like they got, not like the five produced a lot, but it was Malik Hall getting in the lane, Tyson Walker. Yep. And, and that's, you know, if you look at the numbers, you have Hogard with five assists and three turnovers, which is not like great numbers. He had most of his turnovers early. But it was because of the way that the pick and roll was being played. There was, they were just basically giving him the, the, you know, the the layup, and so he had to take it or get going and get fouled. And so they were very smart about that. I like that. And that was, and that's a really good point too that we shouldn't uh, let go unaddressed. I thought Michigan State, both of their primary guards, AJ and Tyson, were great at getting, and, and Michigan State screeners too. Yeah at running pick and roll, forcing a switch, and then just dusting TJD, who is, for a center, is a relatively mobile kid. You know, I don't think he, he he's not he's not Xavier Tillman, but he's not a bad pick and no. roll defender, but Michigan State's guards made him look bad. <laughs> yeah. With that. They were both of them. I mean, they both had multiple uh, takes where they just went by him and finished. And I also liked Malik Hall going inside. Now he was not super productive from the field. He was two of seven, which is not very good. And he had still had a little, he still gets a little bit of those, you know, fadeaways that I think are probably ill advised. But yeah, but he attacked people who he had advantage on Renault and uh, Miller Cop. You end up fouling Miller Cop out of the game and just punishing him, and you know, win six for six from the line. So that was key to the game as well. Yeah, the free throw. You're right. Two for seven doesn't look great, but he earned all those free throw attempts and to put cop in foul trouble and eventually foul them out is big too, because you're leading the game and the way Michigan state was, it was, you know, it got as close as five, but was mostly played in the second half. After that initial burst out of the locker room, it was mostly played in, I would say the, you know, seven to 13 point range. So what's the way that an opponent can get back in the game against you facing that kind of deficit? Well, three-point shooting. And Cop is their best shooter. I mean, he's a real weapon. So to kind of have him off balance, I think he ended up with six points Mm -hmm. in the game. Um, That's huge. And you're right, Malik had a lot to do with that because Cop was guarding him, and Malik was aggressive. And he earned what he got. Yeah, and I thought there were times when Michigan State's got out in transition, especially during that burst at the end of the first half. That's really, although you know, they're credited with two fast break points. I don't know, maybe that's accurate. I did. It's another way. I, I saw that like, too, and I but did, it seems yeah. like they did more it, than that. The but. eternal mystery. <laughs> it's the eternal mystery. They were better than that transition. Well, they they had one that was clearly that that Hogard, Jaden Akins made a great play in the middle of the floor. And got AJ sprung for for a layup, but there were more than that. Yeah. If you want to call those secondary break, all right, but it it just it starts to not mean very much because you know what you saw, and I thought Michigan State did enough in transition that um, you could say it was a relatively for a Big Ten game. Yeah, it was a relatively productive night. Yeah, and then I guess the other thing you'd say is, you know, from a turnover standpoint, we didn't have this as one of the keys, but Michigan State did not hurt themselves too badly there. They had 10 turnovers to Indiana's Great. 13. Yep. And, you know, seven steals on Indiana, Aikens with three of them. Uh, so they, they disrupted Indiana a lot, and they really made it difficult. There was a number of assists that Trace Jackson Davis had. He had five assists, and he had some good passes to people who were open shooters in the corners um, a couple of times. But largely, they made most of his passes really challenging and in traffic. And and it just, you know, I mean, that was the difference in the game of Indiana really getting going routinely. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, I'll, I'll freely admit that my philosophy on that would have been, well, he's going to get his. What you need to do is make sure that you limit the other guys, mm-hmm. you know. But the fact of the matter is, when you look at shot attempts, you look at free throw attempts and 
basically no second chance opportunities for him, you know, on offensive rebounds. And then you look at seven turnovers, Michigan state did as good a job as you could have ever asked them to do in that matchup. Yeah. I mean, they really did just the totality of it. You you'd go across the board and say, that's a good number for us. That's a good number for us. That's a good number for us. Well, why don't we go ahead and uh, go through your keys of the game. There's no I in team, but there is one in indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites, searching for candidates with the right skills, indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Paycor. Paycor empowers leaders to build winning teams. With Paycor, leaders can recruit, onboard and train employees, set goals, and drive performance. If you're a leader, everyone depends on you. Who do leaders depend on? Paycor. Learn more at paycor.com/leaders. So the 5 keys of the game brought to you by Nudge Printing. If you need Spartan apparel, head on over to Nudge Printing at nudgeprinting.com. You can get 20% off your order for listeners of the show if you enter the coupon code FINAL4 at checkout. You can also get our gear. You can get a link to that to our collection, which is both a t-shirt and a hoodie with the Final Four is on the schedule uh, logo. Uh, you can go at that at our website. Just go to finalfoursontheschedule.com slash merchandise. Uh, there you can get to the, the collection. You can also buy all your other Spartan gear, of course. They have car decals, uh, fat heads that go on the wall. They've got stuff for cornhole, all sorts of things. And additionally, other schools besides Michigan State. So almost all the other schools in Michigan. So if you've got a house divided outside of someone who's a Wolverine, you can get your Spartan gear there and other gear as well. Uh, so again, go to nudgeprinting.com and get 25% off checkout by entering the coupon code FINAL4 on checkout. All right, so the first key to the game was emotion. Uh, You know, I I don't, I'll say, you know, as we got to the game early because it turns out there's not as much traffic late at night. So uh, we're in the stands early and I was actually tearing up before the game. I did not expect that to happen. Uh, You know, they were sort of going through things, the moment of silence and stuff. So it was very emotional for most people there at the stadium, I, you know, I imagine. I don't feel like emotion was the problem early in that game. It just seemed like they just were, I don't know, just, they just weren't work. It just wasn't working, you know, as far as offense and stuff. And so I don't, maybe that was part of played into it. I don't know, but they at least managed it after, from that point on. And then, you know, the crowd was into the game and stuff. So I don't know. I, I thought that would went okay. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what the reason was that they were lethargic early uh, on offense. I, I, I can't, I can't say. You They've know, done it before, right? Uh, it's the, not like, <laughs> yeah, you can't necessarily, it's true. You can't necessarily blame it on that. But I do think that once they got things rolling, once Walker and Kohler gave them a spark, um, it seemed to me, I mean, you were there, but I, I, I've already seen Izzo speak to the fact that he thought the crowd was outstanding and, and really the, the whole thing just sort of fed on itself. And Sometimes that's what you need. I mean, again, to return to the reality of it, in many ways, Indiana played a good game. This was not a situation where, you know, as we talked about, Indiana has had some real problems playing on the road this year. In in many respects, that was not the case tonight. They shot well, everything. Um, They shot extremely well. Um, The 13 turnovers may be a little bit higher than they wanted, but it wasn't crazy. 
um, they just weren't as good as Michigan State. And I think that, you know, again, once some positive things started to happen, then the crowd gets into it and the team is able to feed off that. But I, but I think the bottom line is all the things I'm talking about were really in a basketball context. Yeah. I, I didn't feel like, you know, and you were there, so you can disagree with me, but, um, and you'd have a better read of it, but it, it didn't seem to me like it was, a you know, any, anything that personally I feel gets a little bit outside the, the bounds of good taste, um, and, and being a good human, maybe more importantly, this, you know, well, let's use this to fuel. I, I didn't sense that this was about when they, when that game started, this was about basketball and that's what it should be about. Yep. No, no question. It was. Yep. It was, you know, I, I'm sure people use it in different ways, outlets or distractions, et cetera. But yeah, it just definitely felt like a regular b- basketball game. And, you know, hats off to Indiana as well for wearing the Spartan strong shirts, yeah. uh, both on the bench throughout Absolutely. the entire game. I mean, you know, it was, uh, it was quite a nice gesture. And as far as the crowd goes, I mean, it was, that place was packed. I mean, it was, I know it was Indiana and it's a big game, but it's late at night. And so you sometimes wonder, yep. but I, I don't know if they released a lot of tickets and just had the students fill the seats because there are tons and tons and tons of students, uh, especially in the upper bowl, like in the back. So I don't know if, and I don't know how the Izone works, to be honest, as far as like if they, if they have more seats and they just don't always show up every game. And so there's, there are less uh, students like in the uh, upper bowl. I think you have a, I think you have a problem staying in the group. If, if you don't show up, that's always been my yeah, understanding. I know, I know there's like a lower anyway. and upper, I don't know. Anyway, it was, it was jam packed and it was pretty cool. It's a great atmosphere. And so it was as shaky looked early. My wife and I were like, Ooh, this looks bad. But then they turned around and it turned out all right. So the second key to the game was a defensive game plan. And this, this involved trace Jackson Davis. And I feel like, you know, largely Michigan State did the same thing they did in Bloomington, except they just did it better. <laughs> and they were able to, to maybe get on the shooters a little bit better, and they were able to disrupt Trace Jackson Davis. They didn't allow him, very rarely did he have like one-on-one opportunities against either Kohler or Sissoko. So, you know, I don't know. It worked, whatever they did. I I, I think it was um, it was much better execution, and it was a little different in that the game in Bloomington, they did more in the way of um, – conventional you know double downs mm-hmm. where the four man doubles Th- this after those first five six minutes was really just a lot of one-on-one defending with guards digging down but varying you know and that's we've seen it this year i think that the key to doing that stuff effectively is certainly with this team is, is not being predictable, random. Yes. Varying, varying when you're coming, varying the timing of it, varying, even if you're coming it, it, whatever you have to do to keep that guy off balance, because I mean, anybody who's listening to this, I'm sure has watched enough basketball. They know, you know, a guy who's a good low post player and, and trace would qualify as that. Certainly. <laughs> um, it's a rhythm. Sure. Thing. Yeah. You know, they, they literally feel it. They can feel when they've gotten into the spot they want to get to where they're comfortable. Um, you know, it's timing. And if you can disrupt that timing, you can do some things to limit effectiveness. And that's exactly what we saw from Michigan state. You know, again, I I'd say, um, in that last game, I don't remember how many free throw attempts he had, but I know he made 11 and he was 10 for 20 from the floor for 31 points. In this game, he went eight for 13 from the floor, three for six at the line for 19 points. Massive difference, massive difference. And it wasn't because somebody else at Indiana got hot and carried Indiana was trying to play through him like they always do. It's just Michigan State's defensive game plan was executed well enough to make sure that he didn't take over the way he did in Bloomington. Yes, he had a good game. No, he did not dominate. And that was enough. I feel like with uh, just like in football, you know, the offense is all rhythm. It's execution and making sure people in the right place at the right time. It's timing. 
and the defense's job is to make sure you're connected and then you disrupt things as much as you can wherever you can on the field, right? And it, it's not much different than basketball. <laughs> and one other thing worth mentioning about this, the concern you have, as we talked about in the preview, when you, when you have to play that way, is can you, can you avoid getting just repeatedly burned by jump shooters? Right. You know, when you have to play a post guy that way. And in the first game in Bloomington, I use nine for 16 from three. This game, uh, what were they? Five for 14. Yeah. So more effective. But again, the biggest number there to me is the 14. Yeah. Um, that they they didn't allow IU to get a lot of clean looks. And we don't know what that would have looked like. Indiana has over the course of the season, been a much worse three-point shooting team on the road than they are at home. And, uh, you know, tonight, pretty good. five for 14 yeah. is adequate. Yeah. yeah, it's not great, but it's not bad. You could live with it. So the key was holding that down. And then, and then on top of all of that, you add in the fact that, as we talked about, you force Trace Jackson Davis into seven turnovers. That's... The defensive game plan, I don't care what the shooting numbers look like. The defensive game plan was executed well. So the third key to the game was defensive rebounding. We already talked about this. Michigan State was fantastic. They limited Indiana to 19% offensive rebound percentage, which is very yeah. good. Michigan State was on, you know, alternatively, which wasn't a key to the game, but it was 34.4%, which is, I don't think either of us expected that sort of performance on the offensive board. So complete no domination way. there no you know, way. 33 24 so wasn't even yeah and look it's 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 worth noting that you know michigan states had these occasional blips where when they have a bad defensive rebounding game it tends to just not be you know like that ohio state game was an exception where they gave up 12 and it was, you know, Ohio state didn't do a ton of damage with it. You felt like, well, it wasn't great, but you know, they didn't, it, it's survivable. Most of the time when Michigan state has a bad defensive rebounding game, it's like apocalyptically bad. <laughs> yeah. It's like that Rutgers game at Breslin where Michigan state still won yeah. giving up. I think it was 18 offensive rebounds. You know, the Michigan game was really the first time all year that I can recall where I felt like, Offensive rebounding by an opponent actually cost them a game. Yeah, no question. But but with these occasional blips, it is worth keeping in mind. This has actually been a pretty good defensive rebounding team, much better than they've been over the last three, four years. Yeah. The, I think the reason people have this impression, as I've seen coming out of the Michigan game, in some quarters that they're a bad rebounding team. Well, no, that's not true. They're a bad offensive rebounding team. Um, they are not a bad defensive rebounding team, despite what has happened in an occasional game here or there tonight was um, maybe a little better than you would expect, but it was more in keeping with what they've been for the bulk of this season. Yeah, it really was. But it's still, it's important that that happens and that you, you didn't let uh, TJD really get anything going in terms of, you know, taking the game over on the offensive glass, which he is capable of doing, um, was great work by Jackson Kohler and Mati Sissoko. Yeah, I thought, you know, even though Mati only had three rebounds, he was actually, this, you know, this happened. He was better than he that. He was better than that. You know, he prevented other people from getting the rebounds and then, you know, Aikens would clean it up or something like that. So. But, you know, I think, you know, Aikens had four, Hall had uh, five rebounds, three of those defensive. So you're getting a lot of rebounds outside and Hauser, of course, with his usual eight. I mean, so you're getting a lot of rebounding outside that five position. And then, you know, of course, Kohler did it at seven. I mean, most of them are offensive, but so, I mean, a good team effort there for sure. Well, look, it's the, the, you, you raise a very good point. Yes. The rebounding numbers matter, but it doesn't tell the whole story. You have to actually watch the game. To, to have a sense of what kind of job was done by certain individuals. And the fact is, Trace Jackson Davis had seven rebounds in this game. He came in averaging, what, he's he's over 11. Like was, yeah, double-double. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and as we said, you know, 
20 plus and 10 plus in four straight games. Um, MSU's two five men did the job. Yeah, they kept him. They kept they him didn't at bay. Put up, yeah. Yeah. They kept him occupied. And when he's not able to get in position to grab a board, that makes it available for the Housers and the Aikens and the Halls, you know? So it's not just how many did Jackson get, how many did Mahdi get? It's if you watch the game, you should have come away from it understanding those guys both did a great job, even putting their actual numbers aside because they occupied him. They didn't let him dominate. Yeah. And then that then that's a fair fight. At that point, if it's Hauser and Hall and Aikens going up against, you know, Thompson and Galloway and Hood Shafino, I'm okay with that. <laughs> no question. Yeah. So fourth key to the game, the threes. Well, Michigan State hit ten. So I mean, I, you know, ten out of twenty-one. They had one kind of miss late in the game, so they're about fifty percent. You know, you hit ten, just like Indiana hit nine at their on their floor. You're going to win most games, uh, you know, barring you know disasters in other parts of the of your game. So uh, that was obviously huge key to the game and why they won so easily. It's it's what they do, and we talk about this consistently, right? That the frequency of maybe more than the frequency, the importance of having a sufficient output from three is critical to MSU's overall offensive success. It is the single best thing they do offensively Mm -hmm. bar done. And that doesn't mean they've got to shoot whatever they did. 47%, whatever it was. Uh, They don't have to do it at that level but there's got to be production. They can't, they can't afford, you know, a game where they don't make a three or where they're, you know, three for obviously, you know, three for 17, something like that. It's going to make it difficult for them to win. So there's, there's a point and where that threshold is maybe is a little bit variable from game to game, but it's, it's, in my opinion, it's somewhere in the, you know, six to seven makes range at a minimum. Sure. Yeah, I think, I think so. that they need. I think that that's probably a fair number. Um, you know, this game, look, I, I think that uh, a lot of it was a result of after, after a certain point early on, you know, Tyson Walker hit a couple where he basically manufactured shots and hit them tough shots. Yeah. But after that, it was really Michigan State doing the things you need to do in terms of running your offense to generate good looks, good penetration, good ball movement, active bodies, and and also some smart play. And I'll give you an example of one. There was a sequence where I think Hauser missed a three and Mahdi fought TJD off to get an offensive rebound. And Jade Nakins did a great mm-hmm. job of relocating near the, he wasn't quite in the corner, but he was near it to make himself available for a kick and a wide open three. And of course, you know, you'll always hear people say it, it gets said so frequently that it's a cliche, but it's a cliche because there's some truth in it. Um, sometimes, oftentimes the best three point shot you get is off an offensive rebound. And that was an example of it, but it was, it was not just Mahdi's work. That was important, but it was also Jaden being smart enough to relocate, get himself, make himself available for an easy kick out so that he had a wide open three. And of course he buried it. Um, so it was all those things kind of coming together to make Michigan state uh, to lead to the kind of performance that they had from three. And, you know, clearly it was a huge difference between these two teams. Yeah. And Joey, who had been shooting the lights out, has really struggled in this game from three in some respects. He was two for seven, which is, you know, much below where he usually is, but it didn't matter because everyone else was so good, you know, walk Tyson yeah. five for seven. Uh, finally, guards. Well, I mean, I think we talked about this. Hood Shafido was good, but Hogard and Walker were better, you know, and I think that was the difference uh, than the Indiana guards. What did 40, 45 43 points. points between the two? 45. 45. Yeah. That's right, because AJ got that last bucket. Yeah. I mean, 45, I used two starting guards, 27, uh, 27. not bad, but not look <laughs> Michigan state 
in my mind, now Northwestern can make an argument. I think Rutgers, when they're healthy, can make an argument too. But I think if you take the three of Walker, Hogard, and Akins, there is not another backcourt that I would trade those guys for. You know, now that doesn't mean that they dominate every game. You know, AJ has got to be the version, of, and it seems to be like AJ has has broken through. Yeah, I think so too. That period of time where he was not playing well. You know, again, you said it was like five and three tonight doesn't feel great, but man, he played well. I don't care what those numbers say. I thought this was a great floor game for AJ Hogarth tonight. You know, mm-hmm. it really felt that way to me. Um, I still think Michigan State, when push comes to shove, has the best guards in the Big Ten. I really do. I understand there are, you know, Northwestern certainly can talk about their guys. And, you know, as I said, Rutgers and, you know, maybe one or two others can can try to make that a discussion. But I, I think a night like tonight, you see it. Michigan State at their best just has a gear that I don't know that I think these other teams match. And they play both ends, too which is true of Northwestern and Rutgers guys also, but these, this, this trio is not just at the offensive end. We know that they go out and they guard people too. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was clearly, it was the difference. You know, they, they didn't have trace Jackson Davis just dominate the way he oftentimes can. And then at, on the other hand, even though Indiana's guards were pretty good, Michigan state's guards were great. And that was the difference. Well, Michigan State will head to Iowa City on Saturday, and we'll be back with the pregame show in a couple days. I'd like to remind you for a programming note that Coach Garland will be on the show after the Iowa game, so he'll help us break down the game, and hopefully it's another victory for Michigan State. I'd also like to remind Well, let's remember, the last time we had him on was a road game was, at Penn that's State. Right. So we're going to assume that he <laughs> is a uh, – that is a good luck omen he is a good, for Michigan good State. Good luck omen. And uh, – in- Iowa plays tomorrow night and on Wednesday, and they will play um, at Wisconsin, and then they return back home to uh, take on Michigan State. So both teams will be fairly well rested for that game, which has not been typical <laughs> this season sometimes. Uh, so again, reminder to uh, check out your gutters if you have any problems. Give Kurt a call if you're out, live out on the west side of the state at Brothers that just do gutters, and then also if you need some Spartan gear, go to Nudge Printing. We have a five dollar gift card that we'll give you if you. Uh, if you leave, leave a written review on your podcast player, even if you don't want the gift card, please leave a written review on your podcast player. But uh, you can send a screenshot of it to me at erica.tffinots.com. I'll get that to you so you can take that off your order in addition to the great discount you get uh, by typing Final Four on your coupon code. So until next time, the Final Four is on the schedule. Go green. <laughs> At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.